Hey, everybody. Uh, just a quick note before we start this episode. We have a live show coming out. Live show. This October 17th at 8.30 p.m. at the Fat Black Pussycat, the Comedy Cellar Lounge in the back of the Fat Black Pussycat, we are doing a live version of Defend Your Movie. We've done a couple of, of these before, but this one's going to be really, really exciting. Uh, it's a great venue. Uh, we have a lot of fun things planned for the show. We have uh, we have some guests involved. It's going to be a blast. So make sure you come out October 17th, 8.30 uh, Fat Black Pussycat. You can go to ComedyCellar.com right now and make reservations. That's ComedyCellar.com. Uh, it's going to be blessed, right, Andy? It's going to be great. He's so excited. <laughs> All right. Now enjoy the episode. In a world full of movie podcasts, here is one more. Welcome to Defend Your Movie with Sean Donnelly. The time has come again. I know it is. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hello there, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Defend Your Movie. We had a Seinfeld reference before the episode even started. <laughs> I didn't even know we were rolling. We were rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Alex did the thumbs up, and then you went, Oak's nice. Yeah, 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 Oak's nice. This is nice. What is this? Oak? I think it's pine. What does he say? You, yeah, I think, pine. I think it's pine. And you go, Kramer goes, Pine's nice. He goes, Yeah, Pine's not bad. That's the episode <laughs> yeah. where Kramer goes to the bank. And he it says, if you don't get a hello from us, you get $100 in your bank right. account. And he walks in and the lady's like, hey. The guy says, hey. And he's like, you didn't give me a hello. <laughs> he's like, I did. I said, hey. And he's like, that's not hello. And then the whole episode's about him going back. You got a greeting. It started with an H. How's 20 bucks out? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Root is the bank manager. What a great character actor. Oh, an unbelievable character uh, actor. What's his name in uh, Office Space? Yeah, he pl- he's great. Right. He plays uh, like uh, Morton or some mm, yeah, nerdy Mor- name. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's also in. Uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. Like he's in a bunch of. Uh, he does. That's does a bunch of Coen Brothers stuff too, right? Did he do he's in the movie we're going to talk about today? That's right. Yeah. Sorry, not to get too Seinfeld. I think people on Twitter are like, just do a Seinfeld episode already. So we are. Just, we got we it are, out of the way early. We are going to do uh, a Seinfeld episode. We're going to do a bonus episode one week where what's up. Alex. I had the idea of doing uh, Seinfeld versus Curb. Seinfeld versus Curb. Yeah, yeah we we could do a versus or yeah we could Seinfeld versus Curb. We could do. I feel like Norman would take Curb if we had Norman and List in here. With yeah, him, yeah. I think List would probably take Seinfeld if I had to guess. I don't know. Uh-huh. And Norman might well, take I Curb. Take. I what would you take? I don't know. Yeah, I would take Seinfeld. In I a love second. I Seinfeld, think, but, but I have personal reasons. But I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lost my virginity to Seinfeld. That's why every day fucked my sister. <laughs> you know what? In in relation to this, before we move on, I actually watched. I didn't watch the whole thing last night. I watched, never saw it before. Ooh. most of Clear History. Okay, it's just it's fun. It's poorly done Seinfeld. Yeah. It's just it's just kind of like Seinfeld. If those guys oh, were writing, it's it. even poorly done Curb. 
Poorly done curve. Yeah, yeah same more, kind of thing. That's more than, yeah. It's fun, though. It is fun. It is I a, like yeah, it. Yeah, it is good. But it's because it's like you just want, you don't get a lot of Larry David and you want Larry David. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. want Larry David in anything. That Big he, ensemble cast. Yes. A lot of names. A lot of drop-ins. Yeah, a lot yeah. of drop-ins <laughs> in clear history. Uh, but, yeah, so that's one of the movies that I the watched this week. Watched. And then I also did a rewatch of I Heard Huckabees. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the minute I told Andy that, he goes, ah, oh, like he just had a, some, I'll tell you, something I'll tell bad. the audience, I saw it once in the theater, despised it, never saw it again. What we, Do you remember, because when it came out, it was what, nine, 2001 maybe? Uh, it was maybe a little later than that, but around there, yeah. Uh, what was your reasons for despising it? I just thought it was a bad movie. <laughs> I didn't. I know it had like a, a decent cast, but the plot was just kind of all over the map, and I just didn't care for it. I wanted to like it a lot more for what it seems on the surface. The, I real big letdown. I watched it again for the first time in a long time when I real and last night I was hanging out with Robert Dean, who's a comic, and my roommate, and he loves it. He's like he's seen it a million times. Uh, I watched it last night, and I'm like, oh, I don't like this movie as much as I thought. Yeah. When I was sitting there, I'm like, this is great because I was laughing at some parts. I think, I think it's supposed to be like this, just this absurd movie. I don't think it's a. It's David O. Russell who did it, who's Three Kings, and he did. Uh, Silver Linings Silver Playbook, Linings Playbook. And he did, yeah, a bunch uh, of stuff. Yeah, a bunch of stuff. And Joy, right? That was him. Joy, right? Joy, and and he has a bunch of stuff uh, that's that's heralded. Yeah, heralded he could movies. be hit or miss, though. He's not. He's not one yeah. of my favorites by any means. No, I like not. Silver Linings. Joy, I think, is actually an all right movie too. But Three Kings is a really underrated yeah, movie. Three Kings I would say. Is good. really good movie. But yeah, so this movie, though, when you say it's a bad movie, it's even bad. Like. Like even effects wise, like graphics wise, like when they they do all this, like it's a, it's an existential movie. The whole thing's about these two right. forms of yeah, existentialism yeah. that like are competing with each other in the lives of these dudes, and they're trying to. The one guy starts off with Jason Schwartzman, and also I think I was a big Jason Schwartzman fan at the yeah. time this came out because Rushmore, Rushmore was maybe two years prior. Yeah. Um, and that's he's great in that, and he's of great course. in this, and he's really, really. I don't know why he doesn't do as much stuff. I saved Latin. What'd you ever do? <laughs> fucking greatest. He goes. He goes. He goes. Nice. What does he say? Nice. What does he say? He goes. Nice uh, scrubs guy. He goes, what did, no, he, goes, <laughs> he goes. He goes. Nice pajamas guy. And he goes. He's all OR scrubs. He goes. Oh, are they? <laughs> and Murray chokes. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but Jason Schwartzman <laughs> is great in this. It starts off where he has a coincidence. He sees the same African man who's a doorman three times in a row, and he's freaking right. out, wondering why. So he goes to these existential existential detectives to yeah. figure out why. And then from then that moment on, like it's almost like the script oh, was trying to what? be like ridiculous. Like it yeah, was, it was and trying, it was. I yeah, because it, it's just Dustin Hoffman and Lily Tomlin following all the characters around the I whole don't even time. Want to talk about it. <laughs> It's fun in a way, but it's not. It's kind of not good. It's not good. Yeah, and but it's it, not. It's not like any of those other movies, really. It's a. But that's actually kind of a plus. It kind of shows range on that guy's yeah. part. Well, you know? I guess um, not for me. But besides that, uh, how is everything going with you? Very well. Uh, I watched uh, Mandy, which I. Made a point to watch last night because I thought you had already seen it. Oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, well, then we can talk about it. But I it's apologize. fucking great. I won't say obviously too much, but you should just see it. Nick Cage is back, baby. <laughs> He's back. It's perfect for Nick Cage. And it's great. Between that and Hereditary, I'm kind of fucked up in the head from the last two weeks. Is it that crazy? It's a crazy, it's, it's a cultish movie. It's got uh, gore and, you know, phantasm and uh, really great. Cool score by King Crimson. Oh, and that's amazing! It looks beautiful. It's really, really coolly lit and shot really nicely. 
And uh, it's just a fun movie. If you know what you're getting into, you're going to have a great time. I'll tell you why I didn't see it, because I was supposed to watch it with my friend, uh, my close personal friend, Dan St. Germain, who has been on the show. And I went to his apartment, and he lives right next, right across the street from his school, and they were having like a street fair, and they literally had like a, like a truck with video games pulled up, and then a truck that must have been a DJ, because it was like blasting music, <laughs> and it was like blasting music, and they were on the rise, and they were screaming and yelling, and, I, and we were like, I'm like, we can't watch this movie <laughs> in the middle of the day in your apartment. With, I, th- I thought you were going to be like, so we just decided to go to the fair for oh, the day. No. <laughs> No, no, no. We played video games. It just I'm, totally no, got distracted. No, no, no. I'm just saying the noise in the fair <laughs> made it so we couldn't actually yeah, watch anything. Totally. But no, that would be really creepy <laughs> if you were just like, hey, what's going on with a bunch of 13-year-olds at this fair? <laughs> yeah. But like, hey, guys. We went like, on rides. Like, got- who are these old <laughs> just like, who are these old bearded dudes? Uh, so I didn't see it, but I'm watching it this week with them. So next episode, we'll talk about it. Yeah, all right, cool. We'll check it out. Um uh, anything else going on? Oh, oh! This is another thing I wanted to talk about, which I forgot to mention to you before. Did you and Alex? Did either of you see the screen test of the new Joker? No. Well, as you know, I've I seen kinda, images, I, but not the screen. I remember test. hearing rumors, but they've been working. Todd Phillips, who did the Hangover movie, yeah, yeah. who did Road He's Trip, involved. He's directing. What? So it's a Joker prequel, a Joker history, a Joker background movie. Starring Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, which yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Which is like, the fact that you got him He's is... already got un- facial scars. Yeah, 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 he does, yeah. <laughs> in fact, in the thing, they show him with... Right. Him. The- and there's a there's a, a thing that Todd Phillips put online, and it's this really creepy, uh, like, 70s-sounding song in the background. Like And it's it. just... Uh, what? I like that. Yeah, like yeah. It. Oh, it's so creepy. And uh, if you... Uh, we'll post it on the, the Defend Your Movie page. Uh, and it has... Um, it just shows at first it's a shot of like um of Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur, that's his name yeah. in the in the in the movie. And it's just him like a winter jacket with kind of like almost like talking about no country. We're gonna talk about no country today, like Anton Sugar type yeah, yeah. of hair. Like he has like the not a bowl cut, but like longish to that length. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, and then he has a scar on his mouth. Like and the just, Pete Rose. Yeah, <laughs> the Pete Rose ish, but like a little bit more messy. Right. And the winter jacket, and he's kind of dressed kind of creepily. He just looks like kind of like a, a vagabond kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, a lo- also, he looks a little bit off. Like, the way he's looking at the camera is very intense uh, and He's off. getting me excited. Yeah, and then, then they just uh, – the music's playing, and out of nowhere, they're just showing – they're just projecting shots of the Joker over – over him. So it's the Joker. It's him as the Joker dancing. So that's just showing. Like if you took a film strip and showed it over a body. Yeah, yeah. And that's and it's just shining, shining, flashing, flashing. And then finally, the Joker makeup. The Joker's makeup flashes on his face, and then they show a picture. Then they show him with the actual Joker makeup on. And right. everybody's getting like mad. Because people are getting mad online because that's where people get mad, and because right. uh, it's kind of regular. If you watch it, I'll look it up. For, hold on a second. Uh, it's kind of regular Joker makeup. It's gotcha, uh, gotcha. It's it's not um, not like not, Heath Ledger, not, like Dark Knightish. Not Dark Knightish. It's not even Jared Letoish. Suicide like Squad. This, yeah, Suicide Squadish. It's How just great, kind of though, very regular clown makeup. I really love Arthur. Is the perfect name. Oh yeah. Uh, so we're gonna get Joker backstory, which we don't know. We've never had origin Joker this, story. Apparently, it's separate from the other movies. But it's a Joker backstory. I, and, I and, fucking I'm so in. Yeah, I, I don't want to give too much information. But if you look online, you'll see they show <laughs> the makeup, right? I love it. Okay, so He's Andy got... just watched the clip. Uh, it's a screen test or whatever you want to call it. He's got what? That's more of a. Um, that's almost the '60s. 
original Batman TV show, like Caesar. Uh, what's his name? Caesar something. Cesar Chavez. No, I don't think it's Caesar. <laughs> Caesar Romero. Caesar Romero. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of that makeup. Mm-hmm. It's just regular makeup. It's like party clown makeup. I love. When you so add excited. Joaquin Phoenix in with party clown makeup, that's creepy enough. I mean, I like Todd Phillips too as a direct. You know, I mean, well, he's hangovers, known mostly for his comedies, but I mean, but, but the Hangover movies are directed well. They're just comedies, and actually, his comedies are always kind of half. They're dark on top of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be his chance to make like a. He dark made a movie. couple dark, like uh, he documentary guy to begin with. Remember, he made that uh, fraternity movie where he like went undercover. That's right. And, like, it's called hazing or something. That was like his first break, and then he actually made a documentary about the band Fish, which is great. It's oh, really what's it good. called again? You remember? It's called Bittersweet Motel. Yeah, it's really good. Really good? Yeah. yeah. Did, so that, do, you re- do you remember that scene where Trey is getting hit on by the groupie? Yeah, it's a he's famous in the golf scene. Cart? It's yeah. unbelievable. That she's like, what you, happens? Just, don't, you don't remember Arizona? Yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. She's like, I know you know. You know. Yeah. I know you know. He's, he's like, like, what are you doing? I'm sorry, he's like, what are you go. doing right now? <laughs> he's like driving around in the golf cart backstage. Yeah, she's like, okay, I get it, but you know. Like, you know I know, and I know you know. He's like, oh, my God, that's iconic. I've watched it like the Sapruta film. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's such a telling little, that's a little telling thing. He he doesn't make, he doesn't say a thing. Like, he, 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 like, so do you, wait, is the implication that he does know? Or he's that he's I'm playing sure he off of the camera, but, uh, like, but the implication is that he really doesn't remember, and she's saying you remember because she's no, feel he bad. just doesn't say anything. To I think he just is like I'm not giving in one way or the other. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I was wondering. You could take that two different ways. You can take that as he knew the cameras were there, so did he want to be like, yeah, I fucked right, you, right? And like, and come off like a monster, correct? I'm not a monster, just come off like a hey. real, a real coos. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, or he really didn't yeah. remember and was trying to be polite. I would have to say the uh, former, if anything. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. See, because as you're describing it, and as that, you know, also he plays his poker face very well, though. Like really? he doesn't give in one way or the other. So she was right. She's like, I know I, you I know. I think so. And but he's then like, again, yeah, I know. He's, you're like, oh, she's also a little crazy. So who right, knows? right. That's what you wonder. Well, that yeah, groupies, so, man. Group, yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about groupies. <laughs> I don't think you've ever had. I know. Any. I don't know why I said it was like like <laughs> my everyday problem. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking groupies, bro. Walking around for Andy is just... Beating them off like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that thing about the Beatles really quickly where they talked about how Paul and John, like, he, like they admitted that they jerked off in front of each other? I'm like... Yeah, of course they did. Uh, yeah. Why is that such a big deal? Why are we becoming such a pr- prudish society? That also came out years ago I knew about that. Oh, really? Oh, oh, I, I didn't years know about ago. that. It was in like, all these biographies and everything. But also, first off, who, that's like when Elon Musk smoked the joint or the, or the blunt on Joe Rogan. Who cares? Yeah, no who one cares? Nobody cares. It's like, and also, it's like, it's like all this young media that's like, like, Vice was like, can you believe it? Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. totally. I totally can. Okay, should we get to the debate yeah, part of the, the festivities here? Okay, do it to it. Today no, we have a biggie. Today, uh, uh, it's, two heavyweights. Whew, this is like you know, one of them's <laughs> in my top five. So, uh, <laughs> so we're it's really a a, a big one. Um, we're doing there will be blood versus. No country for old men. Just a sad off. Just a just a just a this depressing. Is an, this is an old school bare knuckle boxing match. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking take off the glove. <laughs> this is the, the the verbal equivalent of that last scene in the Will Be Blood where he just beats him up. <laughs> <in> the... <laughs> that's one of the good. That's I'll start off Boy, helping okay. you out. That's one of the yeah. best scenes ever. He is so good. 
I think, okay, I don't know how to get this started. Same year. 2007. Same year. Same year. Also, but, people know, a lot of people know this now, so I don't think I'm really blowing anybody's mind by this, but when I heard this, it was interesting. Uh, they used to bump into each other during filming. Oh, no shit. They were filming in the same parts of like... An, Coens uh, or the directors or the actors? The, or everybody? The, the productions. Oh, the production. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like literally, they would bump into... <laughs> Like even so I think even like film part table. of the, yeah yeah right, 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 right even part like film part of the other production going on wow. going, oh, and having no to shit I didn't rearrange. know that I think that's what was going that's on great. yeah because they all have they both both movies have similar looks to them similar looks both uh, based on novels of the same ilk yeah Cormac McCarthy yeah. is obviously much later well, than Sinclair no, Lewis yeah. yeah but yeah both both based on novels. Um, yeah, both, both really extraordinarily acted movies. Like yes. really where like like you could put them up as two of the best acted movies ever. Absolutely. Like it, it just you're dealing with like the if you want to talk about the top top what you're dealing with is in this any movie that you talk about like when you're when you're dealing with the top top of what what Hollywood makes as far as like like we were talking about this last week as far as the artistry of movie making goes, these two should pop into your head. Yeah. And especially so especially to be made so far down the road. Two thousand two thousand eight, I believe, right? Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven, sorry. Two thousand seven to have this come out, like these are, are to have legendary classic movies like these come out is a big deal. Like you could you could have kind of resigned yourself and been like, Everything's been done before, every trick's been done before. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but now, but having them, you're like, wow! You, it almost, it almost gives you faith in like the movie making business to make like like classic movies again. Yeah, these, I, these are films. films. You know I, these like, are, these are beautiful. Films. This is, these are art. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it has two. Two of my, you know, you want to. It, it's like two of your favorite of everything. Two of your favorite directors. Two of your favorite yeah. actors. Two yeah. of your, fa- you know, it's like real tough it, battle here. A really, really <laughs> tough battle. So I think we we're gonna have to. And a lot of people, most people have seen these. There yes. will be blood. I would guess hasn't been seen as much as No Country for Old Men. I think it was a bigger, m- bigger release when it came out. Maybe, maybe oh, not. Huh. Maybe I'm wrong. I was gonna say. No, I they were both nominated. So people- yeah, they were both award winners. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, I'm fighting for There Will Be Blood. We should state that. Yeah. You're taking No Country. I'm taking No Country for Old Men because No Country for like Old, Men, Old Men is literally in my uh, in my top three. I, I, we, we, on this podcast, we've talked about the yeah, – we've yeah. got a whole episode devoted to right, the Coen right. Brothers. And we discussed how Fargo – I don't – Fargo is their best movie, but I personally – No Country is good. I'm, no Country – it just as far as like I don't know I think I forget what, what parameters we were going by like the parameters you're going by if you're going by like traditional movies with Fargo is almost like a perfect movie like because you you can there's arguments you can make about No Country for All Men but I like just the feeling that No Country for All Men gave me I'm like oh yeah, this yeah is, I get that this is top notch this is unbelievable how good yeah. this is like the quality of this and how badass it is how good the acting is how good the writing is how good the tension is to, to me that's what does it like. When I watch a movie, I'm like, there will be blood has all those things. It does have all those things. But when I watch a movie, the amount of uh, like non-voluntary emotion that it triggers in me yeah. is is my sure. my marker on yeah. if it's a good it's movie. It's a good gauge. So one of the things I was talking to my roommate about the other day was they're showing – actually, I want to go. We should go. Okay. I want to go see – Rear Window is going to be playing. At, oh, yeah. Totally. Is, right. Rear Window is one of those moments for me where I never saw it before. I'm on my grandmother's couch when I was like 16. <laughs> I'm watching Rear Window. And yes, it's an old 60s thriller t- style movie. Yeah. But just the way – because of how this guy uh, shot it and directed it and made yeah, Hitchcock, it, yeah. it gets a – the, the suspense, it, you feel totally. the suspense. And I was like an idiot teenager who was like into like goofy Dumb and Dumber type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're watching that and you're like, wow, it's such a great – 
moment when you go and when you realize after the fact that a director pulled off what it wanted to pull off and for sure you. you know what i'm saying like absolutely like hitchcock was known for all, inventing all these techniques yeah. that are used to this day so when you're a, a movie when you're a viewer and you're watching it and you're going and you're feeling it in the pit of your stomach and you're like that was what his uh his goal was i i'm so it gets me more excited yeah. about movies um i'll say this i think Building off that, that's why I love the first whatever it is of There Will Be Blood. There's no sound. I mean, there's no speak, uh, speaking roles until about 15 minutes in. No one says a word. Yeah, and that you, that almost builds up more suspense than anything else. Yeah, I'll. I, I want to make points for both movies because <laughs> so I, like, I. I love both because of them. I want to comment on this, yeah. and I, but it's a positive way. But yeah. Um. But yeah, I think cinematography-wise, I think There Will Be Blood's a little prettier to look at. I know they're both sprawling movies. It did win Best Cinematography that year. It won the Oscar for Best Cinematography. I'll say that. So it's got that award going for it. There Will Be Blood did? Yes. Oh, it did. Okay, it okay, did. okay. So there you go. That's point number one. Well, that's, yeah. Okay. Um, point number two, Daniel Day-Lewis is a great villain as well. He's the protagonist, yes, but he's also a villain. Yeah. And he won Best Actor that year. Yeah, true. And I don't know. I'm sure Brolin should have been up for it, or even maybe Tommy Lee Jones. I don't know if they maybe really, if Tommy Lee Jones was supporting. Tommy but- Lee Jones, I no, I don't think he was supporting. Like, the, the, one of the cool things about, to go back at it, one of the cool things about um, No Country for Old Men is that after, it's one of those things, and both movies are like this, but with No Country for Old Men, uh, you gotta love movies you can revisit, and you can oh, revisit yeah. the shit out of No Country for Old Men. Like, like one one of the, one of the main glaring things that right in your face is that the main character isn't Josh Brolin. So there's spoilers ahead. Sure, Josh Brolin well, gets killed it's in the middle. Time. Of, yeah, it's been enough time. <laughs> but I just to give you a, a, a warning, Josh Brolin gets murdered in the middle of this movie. Uh, you know, three quarters, three quarters, whatever yeah. it is. It's yeah, yeah, but but before the end. But it does do that thing where you're like. He just kind of uh, calls his wife, and he's like, "Yeah, I got a good feeling. We'll be, you know." And then you don't expect his murder coming. No, it's just like the next scene. You see the Mexicans drive away. Yeah, and then it's uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character. And also another another great way when we talk about suspense to raise the suspenses. They don't show. Yeah, what they, they just, don't have the showdown between the Mexicans and Josh Brolin. They just show his dead body. Yeah, they don't show any of the showdowns, like the Mexican the standoff in the beginning. Yeah. of the drug deal gone wrong. And it's kind. Of, I, I love that technique because what it's, what it's doing Very, is yeah, it's great. Cohen's it's, God, damn, <laughs> <a tough> one. <laughs> it's leaving it up to your imagination. Yeah, and I think as and maybe you get me on scenery as far as there will be blunt, but cinematography is one of my favorite things about the Cohen brothers because they Agreed, can take hundred percent. I give you that one hundred percent. This isn't a mundane place. Can't this I'm is Texas against the Cohens. <laughs> <laughs> they um this isn't a mundane place. They they took this they took Texas and they yeah, made it look beautiful. West Texas, nothing. But they can take whatever and they can make it like they take you look at Barton Fink. They took a uh now granted it was a, a stylized old forty style hotel. Sure, sure. But they make everything about that thing look just the the angles it's almost like to me that Coen Brothers find new angles. Like they they're finding these angles that you're like you're watching in there, and even if it's straightforward, just because for some whatever they're doing, they're making it look more interesting to me, mm-hmm. and they're making the, it look more stylized than other people. Yeah, I you know, agree. It, like it, it just, they could just be pointing a camera at something, but whatever whatever eye they have that they're whatever they're doing is making it 
it's moving the story along. It's making it. More I'll give you that. That it does move this. It has more to the story than what Paul Thomas Anderson does in There Will Be Blood. It's. I think it's just a prettier, like I said, prettier to look at rather than moving the plot or doing anything like that. Yeah, the Coens, and I'm sure to Paul Thomas Anderson to an extent, but the Coens, every single frame of every single shot means something. Right. Like. Right. Right. Uh, I think uh, the characters speak for themselves more. The characters carry the story in There Will Be Blood more, I think, than No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men, like you said, it's not just based, or you don't just concentrate on one. You kind of concentrate on three people. You concentrate on Anton Chigger, Llewellyn Moss, and Ed Tom, right. Ed Tom Bell. But, um, I, but I think the, 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 the main person in the story, the whole thing, the whole point of the story of No Country for Old Men, because apparently what it is, because even if you, all right, No Country for Old Men gets shit on for its ending. Some people love it, some people hate it. I don't mind it. just it. ends out of nowhere with him just telling that story. But the story is supposed to there be... There are two dreams. Symbolic for the whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the first dream is him, and it's both involve his father, and the first one's very quick. It's about him uh, meeting his father downtown and giving him some money, and he loses the money. Yeah. And then the second one is it was there, him and his father were both old time. It was like an old taking place in older times and about his father riding ahead and starting a fire so that when they got there and it was like it's like that comfort I, to me the way I interpret it was like that feeling you get about your father when you're like hey, yeah my dad will always like do the things for his fa- you know like right. for me I'll right. I don't have to worry about it. he already rode ahead and is going to have everything ready for when I get there. Right. I mean, I don't know I'm not that smart enough to know how, what that has to do with the rest of the movie, but I understand the basic tenets of well, the whole Tom, idea. Tom just being like I, I'm overmatched of of this of society and what's right. going on today, right? You know what I mean? Well, that's what I think that was the point. Yeah, of it. Yeah. I think it was the point of evil was in. I don't know how those dreams tie into that, but I well, what you could <laughs> interpret it as right now, as we're talking about it, you can like he always had he had his dad to set things up for him. He doesn't have that anymore. So right. the idea of yeah. being overwhelmed by the idea of evil taking over, like Anton Sugar is is pure yeah, evil. Pure like, evil. That's what I think the whole idea is, and the level of evil has been stepped up from when his dad was around. Right. So he doesn't know what to do because he doesn't have that. Yeah, that's you know, a good one. You know, I think that's probably that. yeah. Uh, uh, well, there. Uh, on the other side, you have There Will Be Blood, who uh, Daniel Plainview adopts this son. It does do everything seemingly for his child, but is still a super shitty father because once the child has an accident, again, spoilers, uh, he goes deaf. And he sends him off to a school for the deaf, but it seems to the child like it's a complete abandonment by the only kind of family he's ever known because obviously from the beginning the guy uh, his real father gets killed while they're mining for oil right and so daniel adopts this kid raises him as his own gives him every you know he's a you know he's a ty- oil tycoon so they're very well off but then the accident happens and uh the kid always holds it against him like when the kid gets back which is a great scene um the uh he runs up to to daniel and just starts pounding him on his chest and yeah. daniel just kind of lets him do it yeah, you know, he's like, I get it, but I'm trying to do this for you. But I mean, yeah, it's this weird contentious relationship. Yeah, but it, I mean, it is a similar father son narrative almost. Well, the whole like, he finds the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a child, infant, as an infant, and takes care of him, but also doesn't take care of him at the same time. Yeah, like he, it's almost like he's taking care of him and ignoring him at the same time. 
Absolutely. And you see that throughout the movie, even when he comes to his father when he's grown up and he's married, he goes, uh, I want to start my own company. And Dan just goes, well, now you're a competitor. You know, yeah, like, yeah. will be my competition. Well, I think the whole thing is there's so many different levels working when it comes to There Will Be Blood. Uh, there's what, what it's also showing is that the son grew up, the dad didn't, and he just went crazier and crazier as he went o- got older. Yeah. So then he also – he just was – his – basically his ambition uh, is what um, – Kind of screwed him in the end. So he was just building him, like showing him in that big house, yeah, is showing and, like yeah, the, all that hard work you did was just so you can create your own prisons for you to be alone. Right, right, right. And you know all the, the idea that you don't want to deal with people and all this, and then, and then finally the yeah, one the one person left that loves you shows up, and you and you turn. Does your back Paul? On. Does he love him? Oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. No, no, no! Because the, the son shows up first. Yeah, yeah. The, the son up shows first. up and says, "I'm getting married. I'm moving." He's like, "You're a competitor now. Get away from me." Yeah. So that's he cuts off all ties, and then the other the the the, the phony priest. That's another great. That's another greatly acted. Like what a what a greatly Paul Dano. Act, you know, yeah. Paul Dano. Like. Just the phony, yeah, just the phony, phony prophet thing. Pussy, like, yeah, like, like, basically, yeah, phony prophet. That's what it was supposed yeah. to be, and like, that's where the the side of the movie you're on, uh, Day Lewis's side, because you're like, oh, he sees through all this bullshit. Yeah, all this he's stuff just doing this on. so he can drill. Yeah, he's just like he gets baptized. Yeah, just yeah, so he can, just so he can drill. Um, but you're watching it, and you're watching it as. Um, what are you supposed to take from that he's relationship? The, he's the like, Tony Soprano. He's the anti-hero, but you still root for him, even though he's a bad guy. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. I brought up a thing from ScreenPrism.com that mm-hmm. kind of gives – go back to the Coen Brothers movie for a second. Uh, so what you have is you have um, Sheriff Bell tells his wife about his dreams, and then we abruptly cut to black. That's the ending yeah. of No Country for All Men. So what gives? After focusing so much on Moss escaping Chigger – does it really make sense for the story to leave the audience with a seemingly peripheral character's enigmatic breakfast conversation? Yes, because the final scene gives us a window into the movie's deeper meaning and the Coen's pessimistic worldview. Belle is identified as one of the old men of the title, and we get a glimpse into why there's no country for them anymore. Waking up, he struggles to face the actual world of chaos and randomness, and, he's, and so he's lost. The Coens use the dreams to show Bell mourning the descent. Sorry, the Coens use the dreams to show Bell mourning the descent lawful world he believes in, which probably never even existed, but has been an illusion or a dream all along. That kind of gives you an idea. So that's what that is kind of what I was saying. Like the evil taking over, and it's even if even if it never existed. Even if the evil world never, never, it, it always existed the same way. It didn't exist to him the same way. So, did you, did you hear what the screenplay? I heard, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, that's kind of what I was trying I to say. I agree. He does acknowledge that in the beginning too, when he's talking about how a lot of the older lawmen didn't even wear guns, and he doesn't even for some of the movie. He doesn't wear a gun. Yeah, when he's uh, going and looking at the crime scene with his deputy, mm. um, younger guy, who is in, uh, who's a great actor actually. I can't remember his name. But yeah, he doesn't wear like a, 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 a side piece. And that's, I'm pretty sure referenced in the beginning. It's, you can see right from the beginning of the film when he is longing for those those days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. So he's longing for that the days. That, of, always, that always made sense to me. When things were simpler. And, that, and that's, that's an ongoing. And it takes place in 1982. So it's not like. Yeah, right. Know, and it's that's an ongoing battle I think you have. I think the older you get, 
I think it's happening right now. Like everybody has the whole idea yeah. of like, why couldn't it be simpler from when I was younger and stuff like that? I, yeah, it's I think like, everybody just goes through that. And then it's you can make the argument. It's like it wasn't simpler. You just kind of ignored a lot of stuff. That's just what you were familiar with. You were familiar you know? that's with what it. You know, first and foremost. And, and all, like people say, like you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna get political, but I'm saying people want it to be like back in the day. And then it's I, like, well, for a lot of people, back in the day wasn't great. It was great yeah, for you, maybe, uh, but it was simple great, on yeah. the basis of actual word simpler yeah it was yeah you know what i mean so that's kind of what that's what's what they're saying here in yeah, this explanation. even when he goes up to uh, uh rio or wherever they go and uh he sits with that other older uh sheriff and yeah. they're sitting at the diner and they're just both like aghast there's you know he's like i think it all ended when people start losing the word sir and ma'am you know yeah they're both just like kids these days you know not like yeah. that but yeah and so the whole idea is like it, it, yeah the, the an movie's an- being made with an air of like uh that the audience is supposed to know no that was never I the don't case think so but no that's what they're saying well that's yeah, what this guy, I this disagree. Guy's, you think disagree you think that, that, that the think- point they're trying to make in the movie is the actual real point like things yeah there is there isn't there things have got there is a it's there is a decline there is a worse absolutely you think so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah. and I, but i also think it's your own personal worldview. So, sure. like, I do agree with Ed, Tom, you know, if you put yourself in his perspective, he's got this, this new evil is it, it, Anton Sugar. You know, he's a guy who goes around with a, a cattle air gun. Right. To, I mean, to just fuck and flips a coin to decide people's fate. Right, right. You know, sometimes. Which, which also, is crazy. To but, get to, you want to talk about iconic scenes. Like, we have, both movies have iconic scenes, yeah. but. Oh boy, the scene where he goes into the gas, he gets gas, and then goes in and he harasses the old guy who yes. runs the- that. That's <laughs> all. There's also a very funny comic relief part in that scene, though. Oh, it's re- it's really fu- it's funny. That's why yeah. it's so great because it's funny and it's twisted. At the Super same time. tension. It, there's so much tension in yeah. that scene. They're like, like th- that's what I love about these guys. Like, like think about how hard it is to do that. Like <laughs> to create. Uh, uh, original, like uh, like genuine They're tension. Brilliant writers by by writing. Just that's two guys and, in a gas uh, yeah. station. That's insane. And and also, it's not like he's. It's so great because it's not beating you over the head. Where he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you, motherfucker. Like it's not right. like that. Where you're like, oh, he's, he might get he's hit. Cat and mousing him he's, the whole time. Oh, it's fantastic. He's asking that poor old guy. He goes, and he goes, Are what you from he? here? He's sure. What time you close? Dark. And that, but the, then he's the guy. He's getting the guy nervous. He's like. You always own this place? And he goes, it's my wife's father's place where he goes, you married into it? <laughs> he yeah, almost laughs at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Married into it, which is a really funny line. Yeah, if right. If you think about it. It totally is. But it's like, it's dark. The whole thing's dark. The whole thing. Yeah. Like, because the, it's the unknowing. I think that was, is almost, almost a theme in this entire movie because we just mentioned it. The unknowing, not knowing what happened, not knowing what happened to Josh Brolin in that motel when he gets killed, yeah, yeah. not knowing what happened with the Mexican standoff. You never, only, you can assume, and then you kind of get the idea. It's like, yeah, there was a meetup and it went bad, and I guess you don't need to know the details, but you still don't know. So it plays into that human emotion of like, like I feel like everybody, everybody loves gossip. You love knowing all the details of everything. You want to know <laughs> all the information. So. Uh, even if it's on a small scale, it's like at the beginning, the set piece of a movie. It's like you still are like, hey, anything could have happened. So at any point in that movie, something from the that you didn't know could sneak up and bite you in the ass. Yeah. So and that that part, like 
the, the questions he keeps asking him and he's like, well, what am I calling? There's still that unknown, the unknown. Like, and then you can put yourself in the old man's shoes because you're like, oh, my God, this is how I would react because you wouldn't – you're not quite totally. sure if he's, he's just kidding. kind of bullying the guy. He's bullying the guy. But you, and but then he wins the coin toss and he's like, that's yes. Yeah. But, and also you, you know the guy's behavior. So you, you know more than what the, the – Guy, the gas station. The guy who owns the gas station. You know more than him. Right, you know right, right. this might end in your death, and you're an innocent old man, and you don't know this. You yeah. know, like so. That's what's so. That's what that that line runs throughout the entire. That's almost like one long line of tension the entire movie. Right. And that, that I would say that is a plus on my side where that it keeps you on the edge of your seat. I think they're only blood. Think- it kind of breaks it down. You you have moments of of of, of um where it's not that. You have moments of just straight up storytelling. Yeah, you get but a little think- more closure. Um. Oh, he just fucking kills Paul Tano in the end with the bowling pin. That's oh, great. And uh, after he makes him renounce, you know, he makes him admit that he's a phony pride. I mean, it's a real. That's a kind of a tough scene to watch because he really talk about bullying. Yeah. I mean, bullies the fuck out of him just to admit it. You're here just for my money. Yeah. You're, there's you're not a profit uh, at yeah. all, and and then he kills him, which is great. I love that about it. Well, that's one of he the makes him. It's like you know it's. Uh, Big on like the Catholicism aspect is like you know like you recant on your deathbed. This guy makes him actually go the opposite <laughs> and like actually like yeah I've I've just been in it for the money at all and then he kills him. Yeah, yeah, it's so that's great. a good point. Yeah, well, it's also one of the greatest last line. One of the greatest lines ever is the last. Doesn't he say I'm finished? I'm, I'm done. Yeah, I'm, fin- I'm oh, finished. Yeah, I'm finished. Or I'm done. Or whatever. Then, yeah. <laughs> Both great endings. God, you might have taken me. A, it's hard, really, really hard to fucking argue against No Country, but I, I do love There Will Be Blood, and again, like you said, I'm, I'm sure you love it too. I think it's if we good. go down, if we go down the line, I think as far as like, I, I, you know, like you, they go, they go pound for pound every subject. Directors, it's like for me, well, for I me, guess the, is the, Col- the Coens. So okay, so I win on that uh, one yeah, for you. You're gonna win. That. <laughs> you're gonna win this one. <laughs> um, I it think did win Best Picture. Actually, you know, they both nominated. Picture. No Country won. Daniel Day-Lewis won Best Acting. It won Best Cinematography. It, no Country won Best uh, Adapted Screenplay. So you've got that from you know the book, Cormac McCarthy book. Yeah. Um, and what is Alex wants to hold on Oh, quickly. Who's the more iconic character? Uh, was Anton, it Anton Sugar, Sugar or, or Daniel Plainview? Anton. I think yeah, Anton, Sugar. Anton Sugar. I think, I think it's a more... It's just such a more interesting character. Like To be honest, it's like... You just never saw a villain like kind of like that before. I love the idea of of Plainview being like a Tony Soprano, where you love to hate him. Yeah, but it, uh, to me, like Tony Soprano, you get to spend enough time with him where you love to hate him. Uh, Plainview, you're kind of confused by why am I rooting for him at the end? Like, but then, but then you're you're going back and forth because that last scene, you're glad. I, a lot of it, I think, is he's just so strong. Daniel, as Daniel Day Lewis, he makes the character. Yeah, if somebody else, who else? Let's, let's, no let's, one, let's, nobody, yeah. nobody. Recast it? I don't know. Because it makes it kind of adds so many levels to the character by him doing it. Yeah. Like just for him being him. you know he went method. And, oh, you know, yeah. He, he went hardcore like, method. <laughs> he was probably probably hit somebody else with a, with a, with a, a bowling ball. Some set. orphan. <laughs> owned by the studio. <laughs> uh, but I think if you go down the line, for me, directors, uh, no country wins. Even though Direct, Paul Thomas yeah, I love. I love Paul, but not. But, but the thing with Paul is this. Paul Thomas, what Paul, I'll say this. What he's amazing at is 
casting. He's amazing at yeah. shooting movies. Don't get me wrong. Like the shots that he had, the the William H Macy shot in Boogie Nights is one of my favorite things Fav- in the world. As do your thing is playing. Archie Bell and the Drills is playing in the background, and he goes in, sees his wife cheating on him, and then goes and blows his brains out. The small, subtle look. Of a smile and kind of a realization right before he shoots himself yep. is fucking brilliant. That I think stays oh on my his God. face. They show, I think they show his shot face, his shot head, he just, and he still oh, has the face on. I can't on. describe it. It's great. I've tried to do it. My like, I've sat around my house and tried. You know, like, yeah, he's you're brilliant. He is great, but like, but what happens is I think he can. I think can, things can get away from Paul Thomas a little bit. Agreed. I think that. I think that. Uh, yeah. It, no, you're not wrong because. Uh, there will be blood is almost I think it's 158 minutes it's a lot longer it's well over two hours yeah whereas I think no country clocks in right under two hours because the Coens if for anything know when they're done when they're done I, I think there's a more succinct uh, more A, B, to C type filmmaking when it comes to the Coens I think there's I think when it comes to Paul Thomas I think he's uh, uh, I think he's it's it's one of those things where he gets closer to a David Lynch uh, where sure. you're like, oh shit, I have to know what's in fucking Paul Thomas's head for part of this. You know what I mean? Like where it's it's more things are more symbolic. All right. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I'm just coming to the realization. And that... This might sound like I'm just blowing smoke, but like, but not blowing smoke, but like I'm just talking out of my ass. But like, I, I when I look at Cohen's, I'm like the movies. I'm like they're and then the films are, blah 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 blah. Like they're more tethered to the ground. Paul Thomas, I'm like, this is a really great thing to watch. It, it's, but it's sprawling. But, I'm not, but, yeah. I'm, but I feel, I still feel hungry after. I still feel like I want more. Uh, all right. Do you yeah. know what I mean? With Cohen's, God I'm like, damn it, you won. Do you know what I mean? Though, does that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And to I, me, no, that's it's, a better filmmaker. If you're like, if you're, if you're finishing the project, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, people do complain about the No Country ending, but I, I don't know. To me, it wraps up. Perfectly. I think it wraps up nicely. Yeah, like yeah, what yeah. more do you? Yeah, you're. Good. I think I'm the good. whole idea is like, yeah, anti and sugar. He so got away. Killed the that's, wife. That's you know, realistic. Kelly McDonald underrated performance in that too. Oh, absolutely, way. she's great. Also, her scene, her before great. she dies, is, her and her one on one is great. It's just it's just people being confronted with she's, death it's left just and right. You, it's not the coin. <laughs> yeah, really good. Yeah, it's really really good. Yeah, and uh, it shows her. Yeah. Also, where, the book. I didn't even read the book. The, that's no, the book's ending. Oh, really? Yes. I'm almost positive that's the book's ending. That's another reason I like it, because they did it and still got all these accolades for doing the book's ending. Yeah, yeah. And didn't compromise into... Because uh, I think There Will Be Blood is... is it's based on oil, right? The Sinclair Lewis. Yeah, it's based on but oil. But it's not 100% oil. Like, it's not 100% the book, right? I would assume Not that, that. it has to be, but sure. I love the fact... When you have a world out there and people talk about movies, they go... Nine times out of ten, people go, the book's better than the movie. Yeah. The book's better than the movie. Yeah. And you're like, damn, you want one that's like really stays true to the book, and then there you have it with right. Country for All Men. Yeah, yeah. So that's my point for defending that side of it, where it's like they stayed true to what the author wanted. You know, you would think you don't have his – I don't have his – I never looked at his opinion on it, but I can imagine he'd be disappointed uh, I think in this. it was – the thing you don't realize about No Country for Old Men is the book was only written, I think, in 2005. It wasn't that old. Oh, no, it wasn't that old of a book. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then they really turned it around quickly, but – uh, if, and also that guy's writing lends itself oh, yeah, to be a totally. movie because they had the road, the road. they had uh, a couple other ones right I like um, the road I read I, I and I did read the road too but uh, I've watched both very recently and y- you've you've done a good job you've pulled me over I do I will relent on this one you win I st- it's hard for me to say but <laughs> not hard for me to say because I love both but no country edges it out it's a 
better it's, movie. It was like, like the Oscars were right. I, I think this. that in the and in the Oscars too, it was like, well, it's one or the other. It's like the other nominees. It's just like, yeah, thanks for showing up. Yeah, but yeah, it, you yeah, know, yeah, you don't yeah, have, yeah. It's, it's one like, of these two. Yeah, that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with Mike Tyson and his prime. It's like two Mike Tysons going and his prime going against each other. I will say this right off the bat when I first saw them both in the theater. I liked There Will Be Blood a little better coming out of the theater. Really? Yeah. See, I did. Over I, time and now talking about just it. Just that Coen, there's a Coen Brothers feel. There's also a Paul Thomas feel, but like Paul Thomas can, there's a Coen Brothers feel to a movie where I'm, and the writing oh, yeah. and You're the movie. You're just excited for a Coen's. You're just excited for a Coen's movie. Like, like I get more excited for No Country Whereas than I, I do. I don't even think I've seen Inherent Vice. You know, where you're just like, yeah, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, but uh, all right, I think I could skip it or I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. You know? and, and, and also, With the Coens, I'm always like, all right, I got to go. And we talked about it before. The Coens track record is like really, really well done. Yeah, pretty. Uh, like, yeah. They, they, on average, they deliver something that's real quality. Or um, on repeated viewings, you go, oh, now I see. I didn't get it at first, and now I fucking love it. Like Burn After Reading. Yeah. After a few times, you're like, oh, oh it's great. But if you watch The Master, like I watched The yeah. Master I saw. I like The Master a lot. The master kind of exemplifies what I'm talking about, like tethered to the ground. The master, to me, is not a done movie. It's not done. Agreed. It's one of those movies that I'm like, it has maybe the best acting I've ever seen in a yeah. fucking movie. That and Magnolia, like that's why that guy's so good. He I nails know. casting. He just finds these parts in people or writes it for them, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like that's his his strength. And he's also an amazing director. But as far as finish, like fin- things being done, and you're like, oh my god, I. I I'm I'm satisfied. Like I I'm I'm totally fine. Like like I don't know what way to put it. Like I when it comes to Coen Brothers, after I watch Coen Brothers, most of them I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a Coen. That was an experience in yeah. itself. Yeah. That was it's encapsulated. It's done. It's I I'm good. I'm good to go. With 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 the there will be blood or with when it comes to the master, you watch it. You're like something's missing. Something could have been done better with his, for me personally, like to really, really make me love it. I don't there will be blood, but definitely for the master. The master, I get that feeling, and also the, there will be blood but has it less. The the, there, will be blood, there will be blood has it less for me, but it still has it for me, right. where it has that, that oh, we kind of, it's, it's, it's just almost like a bunch of little vignettes. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, so I think I win for the day. You win for the Andy day. And conceded. I do concede. I think really you know, tough. We go over the other topics. Uh, we can yeah. go back to this at some point. Like, you know, yeah, right he, in. Tell us what you think. There is no point to us going down the cast because both have such great casts. Like, but like you have just the just think of the acting. It's and it's also for for a Coen Brothers movie to contend with acting with a Paul Thomas movie is is a big deal because if you like, I think the acting is probably. Uh, well, you're whole, not going to be Daniel Day. I mean, we're not going like, to be Daniel you know, Day, but as far but as a that whole brought, goes, that yeah, that really brought Josh Brolin, I think, truly back from being the kid, being you know, oh, the, the kid older from, from Goonies. Yes, you know? oh, absolutely. And, well, uh, apparently, not an easy role. He wasn't even doing like acting stuff. He was like he he invented a program with his buddies, and that's how he was making money. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then now he's back in it, and he's great. Uh, yeah. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is one for the ages. Really, just perfectly made for that role. Yeah, it's, um, and it's also it's the best okay. thing you could see. It's not to interrupt you, sorry, but you could see Tommy Lee Jones. Like you're like, oh, Tommy Lee Jones might be. This could be 
what he's going through now in his life. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You're watching it like, that's when it's always a good thing. He doesn't really fucking age, though, does he? He looks no. exactly the same in The Fugitive as he does in fucking <laughs> No Country. I know. I was talking to my mom well, today. Well, he plays a good cop. I was talking to my mom today, and I go, oh, we're doing these two movies. And, you know, I go, she goes, oh, those are all young people movies. You know, no. you know the people in there. I go, no, Tommy Lee Jones. She goes, yeah, but he's like 40-something. I go, he's 40-something? <laughs> he's like my he dad's age. He's in his 70s. He I is. Yeah. He is. He's like 70-something. Uh, 72 or whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Defend Your Movie. I think we know. Alex, who do you think? <laughs> Did you say I love you? No. <laughs> I said live show. I just whispered oh, live, sure, live show. show. Oh, sorry. Alex, but do you want to... Who, who do you think won on that one? I mean, we obviously know the queer winner is No Country for Old Men, but I would disagree with both of you. Really? Because I just think like, that... The I was a, ad- I was a chocolate man that year. <laughs> 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 you beat me to it. <laughs> no, I just think the atmosphere, and it's like a, the, a masterful director working at the peak of his powers, I think, and there will be blood. You know, and uh, I think you could say... Uh, uh, you Nights. could make Boogie Nights, you could make that, that's when he did that. Yeah, but this is where he well, really gets like the, the directing part of that movie. He grew up as a director. Yeah, this he movie. grew up, yeah. Because the master's kind of shot very similar to this. Boogie right. Nights kind of has more of a... Not, I don't, I'm not going to say, but like, it's almost like... Sh- I mean, yeah, you, no music, no score in uh, No Country. That's the other thing, too. The score, the score in Meryl Blood is so- <laughs> No, oh, No Country from no music. There's How do you one make little 30-second, like, right when uh, Ed Tom's walking up, going back to the scene, you can hear a slight score. That's it. That's really? it. Yeah. I thought it was no music at all. It's, I mean, 20 seconds long. But you can say, one, having no music is really badass to me. Badass. But having Johnny Greenwood do your score. Yeah. That score is one of the best. That's one of the yeah. best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you see it performed live with think the about orchestra. How, how yes, boring, think about how, how boring some movie scores can be, and then think about how badass that movie score yeah. is. So that's a good point, too. But I think it does edge it out. It just edges yeah, it out. It edges like, it, it out. Know, it but it's it a great, they're both great. And it's also so remarkable they were both made in the same year. It was like this weird kiz, kismet, like, you know, meant to be kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Live show October seventeenth. What time? Eight thirty p.m. Fat bat, fat black pussy cat <laughs> at the Comedy Cellar. Um, tickets are on sale at comedycellar.com right now. Yes. Go make your reservations. You just make your reservation now. Uh, bring your Please friends. Do. And it's a, it's it only holds a few uh, like 60, 75 people, so it's gonna fill up. Yeah. So please get on it. And uh, oh yeah, write in. Let us know what you don't like. Let us know what you like. If you got a movie suggestion for a, a defend your movie, follow us at defend your movie. On Twitter, and uh, and what are you on Twitter? I'm at Andy Fiore on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, come see me this weekend. I'll be at Fenway Park rooting on my Yanks. Very nice. Red Sox. I took, oh, uh, you get beat I took up. one night off. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm at Governor's. I'm headlining the the Little Room on Friday, the 28th of September. So if you're in the Long Island area, there's two shows. Eight and eight sold out, but 10:30. Come and say hi. We'll talk movies. And I am at Shawnee Time on Twitter and Instagram. If you this weekend, I'm in Jersey. I'm at the Valley. Was it Valley Forge Casino? Whatever. That's Pennsylvania. I mean Pennsylvania. I I'm in there. Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, that's where I am. Uh, so I'm there this weekend. I'm with my friend James Mattern. Oh, and Soul, Soul Joe. We had fun. I was there with Danny Mass Soles. Transit System. We had fun. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. Come on out. I actually in October I also have some dates. Uh, I'm going to be in San Antonio, and I have a bunch of random shows. So, yeah, let, look, look us up, us up on, on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and also uh, email us, defendyourmovie at gmail.com. We are on Showbiz Studios with our friend Alex. They have a iTunes page as well as a YouTube page, so check out all the great things that Showbiz Studios has to offer at showbizstudios.com. We will see you next week, and we love you very much. Bye-bye. Bye.